Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are coming to you from Maputo, which is the capital of Mozambique, as we continue our trip in Southern Africa. And as far as large African capitals go, Maputo is reasonably pleasant, would you say? Yes, definitely reasonably pleasant. I mean, generally, big African cities are not the best parts of Africa. But yeah, this is a nice city. It's an enjoyable place to walk around. And so yesterday morning, we did just that. We walked around a little bit in the center of the city. Uh, we went to the train station, which is a very beautiful train station. And apparently, it's the third most beautiful train station in the world. According uh, to Time magazine. Uh, but the locals here are very proud of that. So they have a museum display, which lets you know that it is the third most beautiful railway station in the world. Mm -hmm. We also went to a fort, which was quite nice. Uh, we went to a market and we did all these sorts of things. But one of the things we really wanted to do here was to do a walking tour of an area called Mafalala. And we'd read about this and we'd heard that this was an excellent tour. It's put on by a cultural association. And Mafalala is not the center of town. It's a very specific neighborhood north of the center of town. Mm -hmm. And so we... If we didn't go on this tour, we probably wouldn't have even heard of this area, firstly, let alone known how to get there or what to do there or uh, understood if we were safe going there and things like that. Yeah. And so we saw it as an opportunity to discover this neighborhood that we otherwise wouldn't have known about or wouldn't have visited. Mm -hmm. So today we did a walking tour for three hours in the Mafalala. The tour was in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And we speak Portuguese well enough. Uh, it was a little bit of a challenge, but we certainly understood the, the key parts to it. And it was a really fascinating tour. It was. I am so glad that we did it. That is definitely a place where we wouldn't have gone on our own. And so just walking around there alone was fascinating. But then learning about the history of the city through the history of this neighborhood in particular. I learned so much about Mozambique. I feel like I really understand the country a lot better and understand the way of life of the people in Mafalala. Right. And so the very existence of Mafalala is owes itself to the colonial period where the Portuguese rulers had set up the center of the city for themselves, essentially, and this mm -hmm. was the white part of the city, and Mafalala was then the black part of the city. Right. So all of the blacks had to live in Mafalala. They were only allowed to go into the white area of town in order to work, and they had to carry a card with them that gave the name of their boss and their working hours, and they were only allowed in during their working hours, and then they had to go back to Mafalala. Yeah, and another really interesting, interesting thing is that they had to build their houses in Mafalala out of only materials like wood and tin. Yes. So the buildings in the white section were made of cement uh, and were very sturdy constructions. And in the black area in Mafalala, yes, all of the buildings were made out of wood and sheets of tin. And you still see lots and lots of buildings. Probably the majority of the buildings that we saw today in Mafalala were made still out of wood and tin. Yeah, I mean, they're allowed to use cement now if they want to, but yeah, there was a lot of tin still in that area. And so this lasted from the late 19th century all the way up until the mid to late 20th century, mm -hmm. that there was this separation uh, up until 1960, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. 
And what was also interesting was that even within this so-called black area, there were divisions among the people there as well. So there was segregation within the segregation to a certain degree. Yeah, it's actually a very diverse community that lived in Mafalala and that still lives there today because, um, well, I've been saying blacks as in black Mozambicans, but there are actually lots of different ethnicities that are, that are represented throughout Mozambique, which is a very large country. There are 22 different languages that are spoken by the local people here. And so you had blacks that were local to Maputo, but then you also had blacks that were from different ethnicities and that came from the central areas and the northern areas of the country. And then you also had other types of people that were kind of a mix of black and white. Do you want to explain a bit about those? Yeah, those are what they call mestizo. And so it's people typically who had a Portuguese father and a local Mozambique mother. Mm -hmm. And so then they were mixed. So then they were neither black nor white. And so kind of in the middle. Um, and that wasn't really a great place for them to be. No. <laughs> And then there was another group of people who were the black people who were assimilated more into the white culture. And it, it's a little bit unclear to us exactly how this worked, but they were people who had a white education despite being black. And so they were known to be like this. And then the, the colonial rulers would come to their houses in Mafalala and make sure that they were acting like white people. Right. And they were given a certificate to say that to prove that they were assimilated, meaning that they were black Mozambicans who had taken on the customs of white people. So they would speak Portuguese in their homes, they would wear European clothing, uh, they studied, you know, like Europeans did. Um, and so this was what was known as being assimilated. They still didn't have all the same rights as the whites. Right, they were still made to live in Mafalala. Right, for example. But I believe that they didn't have to carry the card that others had to carry in order to go into the white section of town. They were allowed to go in whenever they wanted, but then they had to come back to their homes and sleep in Mafalala. So they had some rights and privileges over other blacks, and there was a lot of tension actually between them and the other blacks because they were sometimes seen as spies for the white government, and they would, you know, tell on their fellow blacks who were living in Mafalala um, if they were doing something that was not allowed. So, yeah, a very, very interesting mix of different kinds of people living in Mafalala. Right, and then the final group were these so called second generation whites which is really extraordinary that they were they had portuguese parents but they were born either in mozambique or in one of the other portuguese colonies and even that meant that they didn't have the same rights as the portuguese people yeah and so a lot of the mothers knowing that they were pregnant would have to go back to portugal to give birth in portugal then to come back just so the child was born in portugal and not born in mozambique and that would change the rights of the child yeah so if as long as the child was born in portugal they would be considered Portuguese, uh, like first first generation or first line Portuguese. But if they were born in Africa, then they were considered second line Portuguese, and that meant they had to live in Mafalala and had other restrictions. So 
they were not considered to be of the same social class. Right, so this is the neighborhood that we walked through today, and still a very poor neighborhood, I would say. There's mm -hmm. basically one paved road that goes through the middle of it, and all the other roads are just dirt roads, dirt paths. Mm -hmm. um, like we said, a lot of the houses are made of tin. Some of them are quite nice within that made of tin category that are houses mm -hmm. that had existed during the segregation period and then they were considered the elite houses mm -hmm. but some of the other houses are just really um, really poor and so it's described in the in the brochure of the company that gives the walking tour as a historic slum right. and yeah it is a, a little bit like a slum yeah yeah I think that's probably a fair word to use um, although we were told that some people uh, who live in these tin houses, tin and wood houses, it's not necessarily because they don't have the money to build a cement house. It's because they're proud of their origins. They're proud of being from Afalala, and that's their family home, and they want to keep it the way it is. So that's great to see that pride there, too. Yeah, and so we visited all sorts of places. There are 15 mosques in Mafalala and only two churches, which is quite mm -hmm. interesting in a Christian country. We visited a school um, where there are 60 to 70 students per classroom, and they actually have a 1,000 students in the school, and they have to divide the school day into three parts. So each student actually only goes to school for two or three hours a day at that school um, because they just don't have the room or the facilities to, to house all of these students. Yeah. So, I mean, comparing it to the school that I went to in the United States, you know, it's very poor conditions, but um, apparently it used to be a lot worse. And the company or the association that runs these tours, part of the money that they earn from the tours, they put back into the school. And so they showed us, for example, the desks that they had bought for the children because previously the children were just sitting on the floor. Yeah, and they also built a library um, mm -hmm. with quite a lot of books now, up to a thousand books, I think. I'm not sure how many, but uh, yeah, they have books in Portuguese and English, apparently some in Japanese too, because some Japanese tourists donated some books. Um, yeah, hopefully they have a way to, you know, study the language if they want to, to be able to use those books. But anyway, they're doing a lot for the community, and uh, that was great to be a part of that. listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.